name is also Jen, and I am a huge, like, ginormous fan of you, of the two of you. I don't really listen to podcasts. I haven't in the past, but I recently started my own. That's another topic. I will send you an email about that. But I wanted to send you a voicemail because I want to let you guys know how much you've influenced my life. I randomly was, like, looking through podcasts, listening to on Spotify, and Two Girls, One Podcast came up, and you guys had covered one of my, like, weird fetishes. Um, I don't want to say which one it is, but I'd never, like, seen it talked about before, so... I listened to it, and then I fell in love, and I just, I've been listening to your podcast nonstop for like a month and a half. Through listening to your podcast, I was able to get ideas for my own and kind of a more feel for how I wanted my stuff to go. So thank you guys for your podcast. Thank you for your opinions. I'm in love with you guys, and Matt's cool too. Thank you for listening. Bye. Hey guys, it's Allie, the host of Two Girls, One Podcast. I love talking to myself, so here I am leaving a voicemail for myself. And it's time to thank Melissa Elliott, our contributor on Patreon. She's so cool. You don't want to be as cool as she is and get a shout out on the show. All you have to do is visit patreon.com slash 2 one You're listening to two female symbols, one microphone. That's emoji for two girls, one podcast. It kind of loses something when you say it out loud, doesn't it? I probably should have given this copy more thought before I stepped into the recording booth. Who am I kidding? We can't afford recording booths. And now the two human versions of Upside Down Smiley Faces, Alison Goldberg and Jennifer Tabula. everybody, I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. It's a podcast. Every time you come in here, it's a podcast. We're just in your earbuds right now. But a long time ago, we performed, well, for a long time, we've been performing internet material on stage using the internet as a script. So things like uh, Craigslist posts or Yelp reviews, we completely like take out of the box and put on stage, play different characters. But it was through doing that and using the internet as a script that we got really interested in different communities online, um, different sort of interests. And then from there, we made a web series called Two Girls, One Show, where we interviewed people behind the posts and went on these crazy scripted adventures and learned that we really enjoyed the interview portion. So Mr. Matt Silverman of The Daily Dot, hello, asked us uh, if we would like to team up for this here podcast. And here we are in your ears. Here we are. And today's topic is a little different, which I guess I say every week because actually the topics in this <laughs> podcast run the gamut, um, but it's about emojis. That's right. Something we all, I would believe, deal with every single day. Jen, what's your favorite emoji? Is it favorite as in most used or just the one that makes me smile the most? Let's hear both. Okay. One that I love the most but don't use a lot is the little guy who looks skeptical with his hand on his chin. You know what I mean? He's like doing like an L hand on his yeah, chin. Yeah, he's like looking up a little like, hmm, the thinker. I freaking love the thinker, uh, but I never use it. The one I think I do use the most is either the jazz hand emojis with the smile or the one with do the you know big what? wide eyes. I agree eyes. with you. I always thought it was jazz hands. Um, I hear it's hugging. <laughs> oh, I love that. But I All also right. thought it was jazz hands. I was like, that guy it has that feeling to it yeah or the guy with the super wide eyes and like a tiny mouth like he's really surprised and kind of shocked um, yeah i use that a lot all right how about I you what are your the, favorite emojis? i use the party popper a lot like excessively oh you do you use champagne yeah. bottles quite a bit and a knife you I, use a knife a lot <laughs> oh yeah i use that's true that's all true but that's like in a work context when you're telling us we're killing it so that makes sense yeah i'm like y'all are killing it knife but also sometimes I'm like, sometimes I'm like, that dude should die. Knife, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, that's the thing is they're very open to interpretation. I kind of hate texting, especially as we all know with online dating, because I feel like I'm cracking jokes and they're either taking me really literally or just like not understanding at all what I'm saying. So, right. well, we, I mean, we which need maybe is a sign we don't belong together, but perhaps, oh, perhaps. we need emojis to like, it's like convey emotion oh what a sad yeah word. to convey tone i think because most of the time we don't know. know or to like 
punctuate a joke. My brother and I, I'm sure you do this with other people, but he and I like to just send random strings of emojis together, almost like we have to decipher them and come up with whatever the funny joke is. Oh, yeah, you told me this. Yeah, we'll send like like the pig and the world and a rainbow. And then <laughs> we have to like top each what other. What does that mean? <laughs> Guys, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> When pigs know. fly, there will be leprechauns. Like, what is that? Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. I don't know. It's usually like in reference or to like something. Or like the we're world would about. be a better place if we would eat more bacon and hang out with leprechauns. Open to interpretation. <laughs> yep, open to interpretation. Matt, what's your favorite emojis? Uh, I don't have a favorite. I use a lot of emojis ir- ironically. I don't use them for uh, normal communication, but I think that it is, I think any online communication is an art form and it's something to learn, meaning um, we, we think about texting an email like, oh, we are always misinterpreting each other or whatever. But I, I tend to think it's like, no, you're just bad at email. Like there are people who are just bad at digital communication and people Matt, that take you the don't time online to be thoughtful. Date. You don't online date, so you don't know. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. But I, I guess agree it's a, there's less miscommunication by email but there's still I mean there's still like people read it a different way there's so much miscommunication that's like the whole idea uh, about blogs is that you read it and that you could do two different reads and it, then the message becomes two different things totally but then isn't that just about human interaction in general like you could misread a face or you could misread someone's statement in front of you yeah but you have less context clues when you only have text that's true yeah Anywho, so today, today um, our guest is going to tell us about how emojis are created. And we reached out to her because we're particularly interested in the fact that there um, is a campaign to create an interracial couple emoji, which we think is beautiful. Yeah, just super, like, why why wouldn't we have that? Like, that is the world. Like, it just makes no sense if we don't already have it. Yeah, so, well, I think it's, it's not even that people don't want it. I think there's a complicated process to getting emojis made, which we're going to hear. But then yes. also, if you have an interracial emoji then it's like well what skin colors and then do you do like all the different permutations so I think there's some factors there as well Mm -hmm. Um, but apparently it takes a lot to get an emoji made and she I think is also responsible for creating the dumpling emoji I believe that is true Uh, she has a project her name by the way is Jennifer 8 Lee um, and she created something called emoji nation yes her middle name is Is an 8 you thought we were going to say emoji, but it's a number. Um, it's, it's a number. So she created this thing called Emoji Nation. It's an emoji diversification project. And she's worked closely, I believe, with Alexis Ohanian um, to introduce more diverse yes. emojis. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. And I'm so excited. Uh, I think she's working with Tinder on it, too. Yes. Tinder, doing some good in the world. I know, guys. Did I tell y'all I quit Tinder again? Y- you did tell us, <laughs> but you didn't tell us why. Yes, you did. At first, I was getting fantastic Tinder matches in San Francisco. And then, I don't know, I swiped through all of San Francisco, guys. I hear that a lot of the good ones have moved to Bumble. And so I'm gonna do- I'm doing a cleanse, and then I may join Bumble. <laughs> All right. So y- I'm really working on real life, though. I like real life a lot. It's just people don't do it anymore. Yeah. They just don't do it very often. How do you make those emoji faces in real life? I don't know. I just put up my jazz <laughs> yeah, hands. I'm like, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Jen holds an emoji mask in front of her face, right. which actually is a co- Halloween costume nowadays. You can just get an emoji mask. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Tinder, Emoji Nation, Alexis Ohanian, they're all working on getting this interracial couple approved, which is pretty cool. Please explain who Alexis Ohanian is, and not everyone may know. He is so a he badass is a founder bitch. of Reddit, and he, yeah, and he's a, a badass bastard? I'm not sure. And then he's married <laughs> to Serena Williams, so and he's like getting all this press for being husband of the year and just like basically constantly doing amazing things for her but like the internet's blowing up about him being husband of the year they have a daughter who i believe her name is olympia because why not and i believe on her way to the why the fuck not not? on the way to the u.s open he made a billboard that she would see on the road as she was driving to her match that was like from the baby and him saying we hope you have a great match we miss you so that that is dad of the year, husband of the year, or whatever it is. I mean, that story I thought was like uh, kind of amazing, kind of creepy and weird. You know what I mean? And also like not really fair because most people can't afford multiple billboards. Well, um, that. Yeah, but right. also kind of, amazing. kind of amazing. But he also in general has been very supportive, like post giving birth. And there was also something where he like 
was posting all these pictures on Instagram about him taking her to uh, taking her to Italy. Um, but there was some confusion because people thought he like spontaneously took her to Italy. The caption was, she said she wanted Italian food, and then they're like, in Italy. Oh. Um, but apparently the trip was planned for a while. But anyway, he's doing like all kinds of stunts, and now he's like on record being like, saying really cool things about, you know, it's just important to be there for the person you care about, and like all this really cute stuff. So he Which is I obviously applaud, but like, should we be glorifying someone who, and I love Alexis, and, and he's a lovely guy, but like, he's just being oh, a good husband. Oh, he's saying guys. Which, yeah. 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 but like he's just do he's just being a good person which we all should aspire to be it, it's a it right. is sad i suppose that like a, a guy being a good husband and a dad like whoa fu- he's the best person ever it's 100 like, well, fucking percent 100 percent. which is some of what he says in response but that's the thing yeah, right like when i grow up i don't want to be a mom i want to be a dad because moms are expected to do everything you miss one game you're the worst mom ever you show up for one fucking appointment you're dad of the goddamn year my friend is pregnant right now and she said i can't wait to be a great dad we're gonna be two dads <laughs> and i thought that was fucking awesome two dads because the standards yeah, because women could do a million things and they're, that's just like what they're expected to do. But like, exactly, Matt, like a man does anything and it's like man right. of the year. But the, but the, what's cool is that's also some of his point where he's like, you don't have to fly her to Italy. Like the most important thing is just being there. And like, it's, Absolutely. it's not a big, yeah. it's not he, a big deal. He's using his platform to spread the right message. And, and I do applaud it. I just, yeah. I, I, it's, it, we have to, I, I like to couch it in a, in a specific way of like, he's saying the right thing, but we can't Matt's just. Matt's upset because he wants to be husband and dad of the year. And I understand <laughs> it. I applaud you, Matthew. I think that's a fine, so fine goal. I'm so jealous. But on another level. What's the level? The level is professional. I think it is billboards? so no I'm out of the billboards now. I think it is so unusual and so cool that the greatest athlete, one of the greatest living athletes is dating like a tech person. They're from two totally different worlds and you just have to wonder how it happened, you know? Or not dating, they're married. Sorry. I know. Yeah. Well, there are stories about it and sometimes I want to go down that wormhole and read all about their love affair, but then I'm like, "Ali, you have other things yeah, you same, should be doing." Same. It's not right worth now. the time, but it's but interesting apparently they to me. have like an amazing love story. Yeah. Also, props to her. So she didn't win her first match back. And so many people are like, oh, she didn't win. Hello. She almost died during childbirth. She had her entire body torn apart. I can't believe she can even walk. Like, yeah. the fact that she's competing at all is insane. Yeah. No, A totally dude, like, fucking sprains an ankle. And they're like, well, you know, he's coming back from an injury. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. But a woman, like, she, you, you, we have talked about this. A level four is when your vagina tears know, your we asshole. Know, we and know. I don't want to speak for Serena Williams' <laughs> asshole. I don't know if she had that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it's a major thing. And now she's, and, and actually she did apparently have a lot of complications where she almost died. Guys, we're way down a path of Alexis we're sending <laughs> and Serena Williams right now. We are sending a prayer for Serena Williams' vagina. That's what we're doing. All right, I hope it's recovered right. nicely. Um, but well, what, is the emoji yeah, I'm curi- what is the emoji? What's the emoji? Mm, it's prayer hands and a taco? Speech. I'm not sure. We need to. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is. Uh, 100% well done. So, yeah. Um, but, but okay. So, emojis. We started off this conversation kind of silly. Like, what's your favorite emoji? But there is something really interesting about what emojis say about our culture and how um, having different emojis, you know, how they can really make statements and feel people make feel people more a part of things and you know even when they stopped having just uh one color you know that you can choose your skin color um so it's interesting i don't know just the general cultural significance of emojis even though on the surface they can be pretty ridiculous and used in a lot of sexting right also from a from a very technical point of view i think people look at emojis as like oh these trivial things that just oh they're on your phone they're on your keyboard send it send a smiley face but for an emoji to exist and i'd love to ask our guest about this like every like manufacturer and programming body has to agree that the eggplant is an eggplant you know what i mean because if i send from my android device if i send it to you on an iphone we have to be sending the same thing and our the companies who make those that that software has to agree on it and there is a consortium that has to say these emojis are emojis and this other stuff is yeah. not and that's cool it's really cool it's, it's also kind of creepy but it, it's just like never really fully occurred to me how many steps of that process there probably are so yeah i would love to know mm-hmm. more about that yeah i 
think that's some of what she's working on is like simplifying that or like putting that in the hands of the people. But but yeah. I have a question. Uh, and I'll preface it by saying like I'm in full support of creating interracial emojis. I think it's wonderful. But, but my perception <laughs> of emojis as a layperson is that before emojis became more diverse, they were all yellow. So is it like is yeah. yellow like a like no one's skin is yellow. So like is that a universal? Everyone can be yellow or is it looked upon as like yellow equals white and like we need more diversity? Yeah, no, I, I, the same thought has occurred to me where I'm like, well, you, you know, because now you can choose for it to be Caucasian, essentially. It was always just right. It's always just the Simpsons. It was just Simpsons. So then the question is, what race or ethnicity are the Simpsons? That's exactly where I was going. And like skin tone, it's yellow and it's nothing. But like they are a white working class family. That's always been the character. I don't know. So the Simpsons made yellow cartoons associated with Caucasian? I think that's that's a thesis I could... Get, get behind, behind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well we can ask her I know who we can ask she's coming soon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. are they uh-huh. supposed to be white I mean they live in a cartoon world so like whatever but I think they are like a white family I mean I guess there are other characters um, like uh, Apu that there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of controversy around Apu right wasn't there some sort of documentary yeah, out yeah, recently yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. about yeah, how absolutely. he's because so, I mean Hank Azaria, who who is a great voice actor, has always played this Indian character with a, an exaggerated accent, and people are saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, that's not okay." You know, yeah. it's not a cool thing. And they're they're right. You know what's weird is everybody yellow except for Apu. Ah, uh, do we see uh, any other there colors? Are, there are there are African American characters, I believe, uh, the mayor or or the doctor. I think I'm not a big Simpsons guy, but like there are definitely. African-American um, characters who have a different skin tone than the Simpsons, which again reinforms, the, uh, reconfirms this idea that yellow is white person and, and another color is uh, Indian or another color is, is African-American, so stuff like that. I think there should be representation everywhere. Obviously, like I really do believe that, but it, it does make you wonder if it is such. We have to we have to talk to Jennifer because if it is such a process to get all of these approved, you have to start to wonder like why isn't it just simplified where it is more like it doesn't it's like more fantastical in a way so it could potentially represent everyone rather than getting very specific right but now it would be hard to go backwards in that direction that is true right because again all tech companies and platforms mobile web uh everything have to agree and get the code that says this string of characters equals this emoji and so it, it by design, it cannot be simple. It, it must be complex. You got to get everyone on board. I know, but I think Jen uh, is also saying like, let's just do away with like the people that are, let's just like make everybody uh, purple. And then, right? Is that what you're oh, saying? I see. And just sure. like simplify it, make everybody a unicorn. And then we don't have to worry about like <laughs> yeah, all the thousands like, of different uh, permutations yeah, that are going to. Like the, yeah. the smiley face, the smiley face emojis feel universal, like the variations on that. So could that just represent everyone or, you know, I, I don't know. Well, we'll see what she has but to say. But it's not for us to say. It is not for us to listeners, say. Because, dear listeners, we are white in this <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> you know, you can't see us, although there is a little thumbnail, so we can't really say how it feels to be a person of color in an emoji world of yellow people. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, guys, we need to take a break. Let's do some trivia. Let's do it. Trivia time before the break. Today's episode is about emojis, of course, and I've got a pretty straightforward question that I think you'll enjoy. What classic work of literature has been entirely translated into emoji? Hamlet. Mm. Jen's not even getting choices. She's just going. I've seen seen this to be or not to be. I was thinking Shakespeare, too. Oh, yeah, we've seen that. In emoji. But it hasn't been in the whole thing? Not the whole thing. But I've seen... Yes, this is every word of this All right, let's hear. Options are A... Hamlet by William Shakespeare. Oh, shit. B, Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy. Or C, Moby Dick by Herman Melville. Oh, no Jen, way I they could have done seen Anna Moby Karenina. Dick, too. I think we've oh, seen Moby we? Dick oh, as well. Is this an all of the above situation? Maybe. No. <sighs> also, are we talking like page by page or like summary? Because Anna Karenina is like a fair. That would be hard to do. Train yeah. tracks, right? No, Isn't that what happens? We're talking about... Every single word of this work has been translated somehow into emoji. So how I, effective that is, I don't know. We know that at least a portion of Hamlet and Moby Dick have been translated. But I'm going to stick. I'm going to go with Hamlet as well. Hamlet, let's do it. Okay. 
two answers for Hamlet. A, we will find out the correct answer after the break. Hello, friends and listeners. Matt Silverman here, producer of Two Girls, One Podcast, and I am here to tell you about another podcast in the Podglomerate Network. It is a show called The Jet Setting Family Podcast. This show is like nothing you've ever heard before because it is about a family, normal family, that quit their jobs, sold everything they own, and now they travel the world. They're in Hawaii, they're in Asia, and they're podcasting about it. I'm a dad, I have a family. Leaving the house to go to school in the morning is an enormous Herculean effort. It is painful to do do anything with kids, to walk down the block. These guys are traveling around the world. I've been listening to the show and their take on happiness, success, they are out in the world living the best years of their life with their kids and they are loving it. They are reinventing the American dream and it's kind of blowing my mind. And I'm also feeling a little jealous, but I also don't want to go. I just want to listen because that's way easier than packing up your stuff and going to Asia. So let them do it. You listen. Everyone wins. It's the Jet Setting Family Podcast on the Podglomerate Network. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. And now a real help-wanted advertisement entitled Idiot Needed to Beat Vanilla Dome in Super Mario World. SNES, from the world's greatest website for video game tips, tricks, and cheat codes, Craigslist.org. Help, please. I can't beat the Vanilla Dome and Super Mario World for SNES. I've tried 476 times. I officially have the fear. Need a random idiot to come over and do it for me. The wizards are driving me insane. I've almost lost it completely. We'll provide whiskey and donuts. Please help me. Yeah. I mean, I can't help him. I can't. Exactly. I don't even know who to recommend. Maybe Matt. Matt, Matt, I feel like you could help him. Matt's the guy. Super Mario World is a fantastic game, and Vanilla Dome is like only like the second or third world. It's not the hardest. Like it's a hard game, and Vanilla Dome is like pretty easy. I'll come over and and take care of that. Or you can do it. Just you know. So you took that, his ad yeah. dollars, and then yeah. you're gonna go also drink his whiskey and eat his donuts. This is working out really well for you. This is a little that's something we call the double dip. <laughs> oh. That's not what we call. That's something different in the single. That's an world, emoji but, for something else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, an it's a for little. That. That's different. All right, trivia emojis. Trivia Hamlet. Today's trivia is about emojis, which is coincidentally the topic of today's show. What classic work of literature has been entirely every word translated into emoji? There were three choices. You guys were firm on choice A, which was Hamlet by William Shakespeare. Uh, the other two choices were B, Anna Karenina by Tolstoy, and C, Moby Dick by Herman Melville. You guys were immediately, decisively, A, even before I gave choices, you're sticking yes. with Hamlet. Sticking with it. That is a thumbs up emoji. The correct answer is C, Moby <gasps> Dick. What's oh, that was fuck? our second What's choice. The, yeah, it was. It was. We basically came in second place. That's right. Not too bad. Not too bad. It definitely was not Anna Karenina. That much we knew. That doesn't sound fun to translate into emoji. Yeah, Yeah, it's an insane amount of text in in any of these uh, works to like you know transfer word for word. Uh, The backstory here is that a data engineer uh, named Fred Beninson wanted to reimagine the classic as Emoji Dick. Oh wait, Emoji Dick. Yeah. Okay, I just thought that was a porn, but it's not. You're talking about like Moby Dick, but I think it's okay, like tongue in it. cheek. Yeah. So this, I believe it was added to the Library of Congress in 2013, but he started the project in 2009. The idea of going word for word and, and, and doing this by yourself is insane. But what he actually did was started a Kickstarter to fund it and then use the money to kind of spread it around to thousands of volunteers or maybe he paid them a little bit to translate little sections at a time and then collected them all together it was a an art project essentially that eventually was submitted to the library of congress and apparently it is it is all the words uh in emoji form in uh in moby dick that's both cool and just really 
pointless. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry you said guys. it. It's true. Wow, like, will that be the record of, of our existence? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. This is why the aliens are going to spare no one. I mean, look at these idiots. They shouldn't. We, yeah, I mean, we, they really we've shouldn't. regressed into cavemen. We're now communicating pictures. I'm surprised that you guys as artists would say that any form of art is a waste of time. I agree that it is not the most useful thing but it is it, it it is something that could be done so maybe we should try it and prove that it could be done for art's sake i mean maybe I but i mean i don't blindly love all art <laughs> sure no i don't say you i'm not saying go read it and love it i'm saying uh i, I look at it and be respect like wow, it. respect it there you go exactly. you know what this reminds me of actually um I think there's something new to be learned from the text by reading it through emoji. So that is useful mm. um, because I'm thinking of an acting class way back in the day, like in college, uh, where we took Ophelia's, the speech, the get thee to a nunnery speech. Um, I forget. It was like her portion of that, whatever her response to it is. And we just said it on vowels. And the teacher was like, remove all the consonants. Wait, what? Can you please demonstrate that right now? <laughs> Yeah, we'll so instead wait. of like, well, instead of like, oh, woe is me, which is something she says at that moment, it was like, oh, oh <laughs> just like that. Oh, do go on, Jen, do go on. All right, but I need, I don't remember our, all the lines. I just know, oh, woe um, is me. Is it, oh, what a noble mind is hero thrown? Oh, yes. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the courtiers, soldiers, right. scholars, eye, tongue, sword. All right, this is the last one. The oh, yeah. okay. oh, 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 I, um, oh. <laughs> this so is why theater people have a bad name. This is like literally <laughs> this is why the we're socially this is what you did awkward. in college. But the reason what, what we was, what was this the point was of an the exercise? assignment? Did it? Yeah. yeah to sound it, like an idiot. <laughs> it, we did it because the teacher's point. It was a voice class, and the teacher was saying that if you can get in touch with the vowels, the vowels are more in touch with the emotion behind it so they said if you can do it on the vowels you'll start to actually feel more of what the person's going through and as silly as that sounds it actually felt kind of true so i don't know it was but a new you, way of seeing but don't you text. also kind of feel like an idiot as well <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> well i would like never Thank do you. that except for you guys that was shakespeare <laughs> uh, back to the trivia answer. yes a new way of seeing a text yeah a new way of seeing a text and sort of saying uh, the challenge of seeing a word from the 18th or 19th century or Moby Dick is probably 18 something uh, and trying to bring it, bridge it over to emoji speak. There's probably a lot of challenges and gaps that will make you appreciate the languages and differences in language. I, I don't sure. Know. Yeah, it's not pointless. I take I, that back. Yeah, I guess I, I do. I appreciate the theoretical point of like updating texts and seeing how they re resonate today. And I, I appreciate that kind of work for sure. Um, in a lot of ways, that's what Blogalex is. But to I was going to say, there's a bug coming. Also <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't All read right. it personally. But yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you, you can't read it. You can only view, view it. it. Like, can you right. read experience emojis? it? Like, it's not words. Yeah. All right. And on that note, let's talk to the emoji expert. We're so excited to have with us Jennifer Eight Lee, who is the creator of Emoji Nation, an emoji diversification project. She's also the vice chair and a subcommittee that approves these emojis. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi. Co-creator. Uh, Co-creator. <laughs> Co-founder. <laughs> so we'd love to dive in and hear how you got involved with this, the process to making emojis, and how Emoji Nation was born, etc. Um, so I first got interested in emoji in fall of 2015 when I was texting with my friend Ying Lu, who is a designer of the uh, Twitter fail whale. That's one of her claims to fame. And she and I were texting about dumplings, you know, back and forth. I texted her photo of dumplings. She was like, yum, 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 knife and fork, knife and fork, knife and fork. And then she, then she was like, there was like pause. And, and she was like, there, Apple doesn't have a dumpling emoji. And I thought that was really strange because obviously emoji are originally Japanese and dumplings are Japanese, but not only are and they're delicious. Japanese, they're, they're, they're so delicious that basically every culture in the world has some version of dumpling, right? Whether or not it's momos or empanadas or ravioli or pierogi or kalmini or um, gyoza. It's a great idea. Dough filling. It's I'm great. in. 
Yeah, yeah. It's like yummy goodness inside a carbohydrate shell, you know, whether or not it's fried or baked or steamed. Dumplings were universal, emojis were universal. And to me, the fact that like there was no dumpling emoji told me whatever system in place was broken. Like I had no idea where emoji came from. I didn't know if they came from Apple. I didn't know if they came from, you know, like, you know, they were like former hieroglyphics or like from Japan. So I just started Googling around and you land on um the unicode consortium website which basically is this like website from the 1990s that tells you you know how emoji are created it's a nonprofit organization based in mountain view california that has about a dozen full voting members that pay eighteen thousand dollars a year for full voting privileges most of these are u.s multinational tech companies right so it's oracle microsoft google apple facebook adobe um ibm these are the companies that basically kind of oversee which little emoji show up on your keyboard. And they pay $18,000 to be able to weigh in on emojis? Uh, they pay $18,000 a year to have full voting rights on many things that involve okay. standardization, the most publicly drawing attention of which is emoji. Okay. What are some <laughs> other examples? Of what they vote on, like Chinese... Yeah. Japanese Korean characters like the standardization of Mongolian which you know in some areas of the world are now is now written Cyrillic alphabet and in some areas of the world is now written sort of vertically um, okay. whether or not certain kinds of like Bitcoin like do you have the Bitcoin symbol yeah and so you were down in this uh, dumpling wormhole and then what happened and um, I was like, well, I'm going to fix this. I was very indignant. There was no dumpling emoji. So what's really nice about the Unicode is that anyone can propose an emoji. You just have to sort of follow their format and you submit. And so um, the other thing that happens is that it costs, while it costs $18,000 a year to have full voting privileges on Unicode, you can join for $75 a year as a non-voting member. And so that's what I did. You go on your website, join for $75. You can join $75 uh, if you so choose. And then what happens is that puts you on a mailing list. And so I joined the mailing list. It's a you know, total public mailing list. And October of 2015, they sent out an email that was like, you know, we're having our quarterly meeting. Who wants to join? And I looked at the dates and I was going to be in the Bay Area. And so I took the Caltrain down and walked from the train station and showed up at an Apple building in Sunnyvale. And like there were about like 15 people sitting across, you know, and around <laughs> a conference room. I mean, it's just like a normal like corporate conference room with the projector, you know, and the, and the, you know, this I little. I also feel like this is how conspiracy theories start. I like know. you managed to break into. This needs some, to be made into a movie. This is like the Freemasons. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Then no, they're, they're Illuminati, the Illuminati, but yes. around emoji. Well, so you just check Illuminati. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, you know, they're mostly men, mostly male, mostly in their fifties and sixties. Cause they've been working on Unicode for like, 25 to 30 years. Are they also white? Yes, most of them are white. Shocker. And not only white, but like American white. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like okay. you could be like French white or whatever. But there was like a Persian guy who worked for Google. Okay. There was a Chinese woman who worked for Huawei, though I've never seen her again. Like that time there was like a Japanese man who worked for Google that popped in and out. Um, and so I, they were so excited to see me. I mean, it was really actually kind of fun. Like they were like, what brings you here? Tell us about yourself. We're so happy to see you. And it totally had the vibe of like showing up at a new church for the first time. Um, and so I just sat down and just kind of watched them debate, you know, many Unicode issues, you know, a quarter of which were emoji or maybe a third. It was like a lot of debate over emoji, like milk. How do you do milk? Do you do glass of milk? Do you do carton of milk? Do you do like, jug bottle of milk right because it's the thing about emoji is that they're very universal and so you have to choose a representation that in theory works across cultures you know then there was this you know peanut was very easy you know one two three no one no one cared about that um crepe or pancake pancake was a little bit hard because it's like do you just do one pancake or do you do multiple pancakes like do you put butter on it because then it stops being just multi-use because if you just had a flat thing it could be like a crepe but once you put butter on it it's definitely the american pancake so they went with butter and multiple so that was definitely american style pancake not just pancake as a sort of uh abstract object of batter grilled 
Um, and the real controversial one was beans because it was like, well, what kind of bean? There's red beans, green beans, black beans, you know, kidney beans, lima beans, black, you know, uh, little black beans, you know. So you got into this whole situation that do you just pick one bean above all others? One bean to rule them all. Yeah, or do you add six beans, of which then it's something like 5% of all food emoji were beans, if that were the case. Yeah, and it's decided on by vote, but nine of the companies are Americans, so they always get the full vote. Or like, how, how is it decided? So what's what was actually kind of interesting is like technically there is they all they have voting power full voting power because you can get a half vote like India for example has a half vote um, you can also just get half vote only basically on issues of emoji and so um, what happens then is there's actually not very many cases where there are confrontational votes things tend to be done by consensus so if some party has a very loud objection they can usually stall so it has a sort of flavor of the u.s senate where by etiquette or whatnot even though there may technically be a vote there is some kind of um filibuster yeah you could basically filibuster it i mean it would be very weird <laughs> to filibuster <laughs> an emoji conversation uh-huh. but like if you feel that passionately go for it you could. And, and these are people who have been working together for like 25 years and they have to work together on many many other issues so it's not really in the interest to like go all in and like you know, down to the mat on you know certain kinds of issues so you know some some companies are very passionate like you know apple this last cycle did a whole slate of accessibility related emoji including deaf person and you know service dog and like two kinds of wheelchair wait are the are those coming out those will be out in 2020 no wait 2019 end of 2019 okay so you show up with your dumpling agenda and then what and I just sort of sat and listened. And I was like, this is ludicrous. This is not a good way <laughs> for people to be running an emoji, a global emoji approval process. Through and the so, Illuminati, yeah. Uh, through the Illuminati. So I created a little organization called Emoji Nation, whose motto is Emoji by the People for the People. And its mission is to, to create more inclusive and representative emoji and by, by kind, of, kind of helping people with proposals. And the first proposals we did were actually dumpling but while we were at it we did a chinese takeout box uh chopsticks and fortune cookie and i have to say that i don't think fortune cookie would have gotten through on its own merits if it had been by itself but sort of on the coattails of dumpling and takeout box and chopsticks of dumpling got it you know so that was the first meeting i went to was like november and then we had a dumpling proposal together by january in between i got on i sort of wiggled my way onto unicode emoji subcommittee and uh, basically got onto these weekly emoji calls and uh, essentially, you know, learn how this part of the organization thinks. Incredible. So what are what are your tips for a good emoji proposal? I assume you need very good artwork. I guess if I had one totally random piece of advice is that the proposals that come in LaTeX or LaTeX, which is a specifically a formatting often associated with mathematical papers or computer science, when we see a paper come in like that, it definitely has the flavor of someone who's worked in computer science or math. And so there's a certain kind of deference that comes from that the other pieces of advice i would have are like follow the directions on the website with a specific template the areas that people get rejected because of most is that when they do the screenshots they will often do that wrong like because you have to do both google and instagram and youtube and bing and you want to you can do like wikipedia the other problem is they just choose the wrong comparison emoji like one thing that's actually not really an emoji or choosing one that's really obscure and attempt to make their emoji look good but because it's not actually a benchmark median emoji it kind of backfires and those proposals get kicked back so let's talk about the uh one of the current campaigns that I know that you're working on, which is the interracial couple. Can you tell us how that came about? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we've, um, I don't know if you noticed or people have noticed, but generally if you have two humans on an emoji on your keyboard, they generally are still yellow. So while we have inter, we have kind of like multiple skin tones for individual humans, we don't have that for two people. And there are multiple reasons for that. I worked on a proposal to figure out how to get multiple skin tones into a two human emoji. And that's not trivial because if you have 
there's like just a huge combinatoric explosion. So two people with five skin tones each is 25 new emoji. And if you have two genders, as we do with male-male, um, male-female, female-female couples, you end up with 55 new emoji because you not only have to get the... Um, the skin tones, but you also have to get all the gender combinations. So it's pretty intense. And as a result, it has to be a very thoughtful proposal because you're asking so much of Unicode to introduce that those characters. Since generally the emoji budget is somewhere between 50 to 70 per year, new emoji, not including the variations, but you know, with variations, you're usually looking at like a hundred and change. So, um, you know, female wizard, male wizard, and all of those kinds of things. So as a result, you have to be very judicious when you're arguing for a large chunk. So I um, have friends who worked at Tinder, and we've been talking about ways to work together because emoji are really popular within Tinder. And so they approached me about um, the idea of doing, if they could sponsor the interracial couple proposal. And in, in part because it is such a, it is a complex proposal. We probably did three major drafts. And it also involved like which of the couple emoji are you doing? The ones that's the heart, the ones that's the kiss, or the ones that are holding hands? So it was a lot of time. And then how did Alexis Ohanian get involved? So Alexis is a friend of mine from when he first started Reddit. Um, and he also helped me with a hijab emoji back in, that must have been 2016. So for this one, I just texted him and said, do you want to join in on this? And we got a lot of interracial couples to be co-authors. So there is a half Filipino, half white, and uh, Malawian man. That's one couple. Then there is a Nigerian woman and a half Latino guy from like New Mexico. Then we had um, a black woman from New York City and her Indian husband. That was another couple. And then obviously um, Alexis is married to Serena Williams, you know, arguably one of the most famous women in the world. And uh, in many ways, they are the most prominent interracial couple maybe 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 that or kanye i mean kind of depends on your on your take on it so um yeah and so he just sort of signed on became a and you know to support it so what's the status of the proposal uh it's gonna ha it's it's basically approved if that makes sense so when can we expect to see it in our phones i think it'd be probably fall of next year if you use an iphone maybe slightly easier if you have a, another device, if we're using something else. So, of course, we all have our own opinion on this already, but we'd love to hear in your words what you think the cultural significance is of emoji and the need to put these diverse emojis uh, in the keyboard. Um, I would say that one of the things that we hear most vibrantly is people wanting to see themselves represented in emoji, whether or not it's a job or skin tones or, you know, gender neutral or ambiguous, I guess would be another way to put it, or if they have redheads or curly hair or whatnot. So I think the reason for that is um, in terms of language, emoji are fairly nascent. And so there's some things that emoji do really well. So for example, they do um, objects pretty well. Um, verbs, okay. Like especially if it's a if it's a sort of action verb, you know, whether or not it's like running or polo or surfing or whatnot. And it does states of mind, like emotions, very well in terms of like, you know, all the yellow smiley faces. But what it doesn't have as a language is it's very hard to say I or you in emoji. And you see a lot of people struggling, like whether or not using hand, like hand gestures or like up arrow, down arrow, or, you know, left point, right point to do um, me or you. I think what they're trying to do when they're getting an emoji that looks like themselves is they're trying to say, the word I but in an emoji and so because emoji are visual the way that you would say I represent I is very different than in most spoken languages where the point of reference is the speaker right so if I say the sentence like you know I'm hungry that's different than if it has a different meaning than if you say it like because it's a different person that is very hungry so the interesting thing about emoji is that because it's a visual language versus a spoken language the references are different right so when someone is speaking and they say the word I or they write the word I you know to assign it to the author whereas with emoji when you when I use a picture of a brunette girl it will represent me but if you guys also or you know as one of my friends uses it it would also represent me so suddenly you have emoji going from you know I you he she sometimes to hard reference 
references of an absolute reference of who the sentence is talking about. So we were talking before you popped in about uh, the Simpsons and the yellow emoji. So the yellow has sort of like become Caucasian. Yes. Do you know why that is? And is it the Simpsons fault? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that predates. I mean, just to be clear, the yellow is Apple's choice for humans. Um, the original Microsoft ones are gray, and there was also someone who used blue. So I think actually blue is a better choice. I think blue is more uh, a little bit more neutral because there are no blue humans. Yeah, it's just like anything, and it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for when you're sad. Whereas yellow, yeah. Whereas yellow is just, I think. Apple used it, and Apple was a, was the dominant platform, at least in the United States. I think it's sort of an interesting thing. Yeah, it basically does mean the absence of color, which in our in our world now means Caucasian. And mm-hmm. um, what do you think is the future of emoji in terms of communication? Um, I think you'll know a lot more when this generation of children grows up, because they will learn, and they are learning, to read and write emoji before they can read and write their written their their native spoken language so so basically we're experimenting on matt's children yes great i would say definitely great. i think you're definitely exper- i think it would be really interesting to see how uh, kids use emoji different and i think a natural grammar will emerge that is not currently mature what are ways in which you see it maturing i think there is not a i mean there's not a consistent grammar this idea of like, I looked at the dog, but the dog looked at me. So depending on who's doing the looking and who is being looked at, the word I and me will, will flip. And so many languages, that's the case where that's true for everything, right? So that you also have declensions for dog and the dog was looking versus the dog was being looked at, that verb would be different. And so somewhere along the line, this is such a standard thing in different languages that there is sort of some innate ability and there's some kind of innate like kind of toggle in languages that turns on to handle that. And I think with emoji, when you're going to develop a whole bunch of kids who speak emoji, you know, natively and fluently, they're going to come up with whatever the consistent pattern of grammar would be in terms of like tense. Like, how do you convey that something has happened in the past? So you you think we're really going to go back to sort of a pictorial language then? Because, right? I mean, it seems like you're thinking about it very much in terms uh, in terms of grammar. For me, I, I just sort of assumed it would always kind of represent like ideas and jokes. But, you know, I, I'm not the emoji expert here. I mean, I think there's such a, an enthusiastic embrace of emoji just even in the last like six years. And the speed of adoption is really astounding. Like we've seen like hieroglyphics and we've seen obviously Chinese characters that were originally pictographs that have evolved. So there's something about the need and desire to represent one's like, you know, thoughts through visual, preloaded, pre-curated, digital visual visual images. That is really quite striking. And I had one thought because I find this so fascinating. Ali, you, you, when you comment on this, you seem to be saying that it's a linear path of like, we used to know how to speak and now we just speak in emojis. Isn't, isn't that sad? But if you view emojis as another language or another dialect, then if you, you kind of open it up and say, well, well, Chinese exists, but it doesn't mean people stop speaking English because another language exists. Right. We, we speak everything. We speak mm-hmm. d- two different things. And, and one is not replacing well, no, the other. I was more interested in the sense the that like, I find emoji to be a really interesting cultural phenomenon. And I think there's a lot of fascinating implications there. I was surprised to hear um, our lovely guest talk about it in terms of like verb, noun. Do you know what I mean? That's surprising to me. I had never thought about totally. it. It totally as that kind of language whether whether it's silly or smart or whatever i just hadn't thought of it as like a one-to-one connection with language same and 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 jennifer i think what you're saying is it's not quite there yet, it's not there yet. and we need grant we need more grammatical structure or rules to make it a fully fledged language is that what is that accurate would you say yeah i mean we also um we don't have abstract concepts like some a lot of people don't actually believe it is emoji our language in fact most linguists say it is not a language you know it has paralinguistic or it's a proto-language sometimes but you know it's fairly young i mean if you think about it um yeah i think it was like created in the late 90s so we're talking like 20 years and for for any 
form of communication to go from zero to global in a span of 20, uh, in the span of like two decades is really quite astounding. So you do think it's going to be like a language. Is that right? I mean, that's interesting, too, because then it's like a global language that everyone understands. Yeah. I mean, I am probably more on the side that it is going to be a language. I think there are definitely many schools of thought. Yeah. No, it just hadn't even occurred to me to think about it in such a precise way. But that'd be really interesting because, yeah, that it becomes this like crazy universal language. Well, the other thing that's striking me is that uh, all languages come out of uh, languages innate to humans, but different languages come out of human cultures in some organic way, whereas this is a bunch of pictures handed to us by tech companies. You here use this language. Right. So like that is an art. It's an art. It's the first artificial language. I don't know any other way to think about it. It's really fascinating. I mean, what's an artificial language versus what's a non-artificial language? Right. Because you could argue that this sprung up from like this tech boom we're having, you know, byproduct of that. Well, I guess I'm saying that no individuals decided that the word cheese means cheese. It just sort of happened in history and language formed in some way through innate human grammar. Whereas here is a, a person or a consortium saying, here you go. Here is the symbol for cheese. Deal with it. And that is different to, to me in human language, right? Well, actually, um, in Semitic languages, there have been uh, there's a there's a system for inventing new words. Mm-hmm. So when a modern word comes to like I mean the like for instance the word for computer in Hebrew is it has it's related to the word thought so hmm. you actually You've can apply for before, modern yeah. words yeah yeah um, I'm not positive if it's true for Arabic but I kind of imagine it might be because it's also built on a root system so basically if something new comes along you have to show why that word should exist rather than because they don't want to just borrow the English and make everything like computer you know what I mean uh, that's very Japanese Mm-hmm. Wait, what what is do they apply as well for languages mm. for new words no that they actually just um transliterate yeah and Compu- so the word for computer in japanese is basically like computer c- computer or whatever yeah so that's interesting in the sense that like does it degrade the language i don't know what the answer is but like if we increasingly have just sort of like you know transliterated words and, and there are certain cultures that want to preserve the language so i i I know for a fact that it happens in Hebrew, but I think it happens in other languages as well. Anywho, we have gotten slightly... Well, this has been fascinating. Yeah, we gotta, we yeah. gotta run. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us. We have a lot to think about, um, and I think we probably have a lot of emojis that we would like to submit proposals for, so we'll we'll think about that. Too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If you, go, you can also go to the emojination.org site and sort of join our Slack and our Airtable, and we can help you um, with emoji proposals that we think are promising. Amazing. Thank you, Jennifer. Wonderful. Thank you. Upside down smiley, party popper, dumpling. I'm speaking Uh, to you in emoji. What is the upside down smiley? Glasses. Crab monster. No, it's the face where the the, the, the smile's on top. I know what it looks like, but what does it mean? It's like, Things are crazy. Things are crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, whoa. So I, I think something interesting about this is just that a lot of them are so subjective. So even if it does become... Uh, more pervasive in our communication that we're all just using emojis and people are growing up primarily using them, the meaning still will be really different to everyone. Like, it yeah, will be hard to be precise. I was thrown off by like the verb noun situation because I, mm-hmm. I, they still to me are like ideas, but maybe, you know, it's a, maybe you and I as like non linguistic people don't understand like how it's going to evolve. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because it is in its infancy, but yeah. Yeah. Like when I was describing earlier, like, you know, my brother and I string these random emojis together and try to make sense out of them. And that's a fun game for us to play. Like, that's kind of what it is. Like, we're forming these weird ideas into some sort of meaning. So I don't know. Maybe as people keep doing that, it'll start to make more sense. I just also feel like right now it exists as a shorthand. So if it becomes like noun, verb, like direct object prepositional phrase and it's like well, why use the emoji right let, well, let me make it may, let me make the car- counter argument because um pictographs express as jennifer said they express certain things really well and certain things badly so you're saying why would you you if um emoji had complex grammar where we should where we could communicate complex thoughts why would we use emoji because we'd just be doing long strings of emoji however I could type to you, I am feeling really happy right now. Or I can type one character that is a big smiley face with tears 
coming down and you know instantly what I'm saying in a very exactly. short way. So exactly. imagine if so I could... I think of emojis as, as communicating an idea and not having to have a subject-verb correlation. Right, right. But I'm saying as it grows in complexity, you could use different symbolic combinations to express complexity w with way less characters. You guys talk about it a lot where you talk about, oh man, it's such a shame that German has a word called Schadenfreude yeah. and it's such a great word, but we don't yeah, have that. True. So we got to say like feeling misfortune at someone's pain. Like that's, I think that's what it is when you talk linguistics. Mm, interesting. Interesting yeah. comparison to the Schadenfreude. Hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners or both of you, but I think most languages do have, in places, most languages do have like some sort of cons consortium or group that like has approval, right? Like I know in France, I think it's called the Alliance Française or Française or something like that, but it's like they approve new words to come into the language every year. I don't know how uh, how widespread that is in, in different countries or places. Um, well, I would say that, it, that that those things don't matter, meaning if you read a lot about linguistics, and I'm not an expert, but I, I do find this stuff super fascinating. I, I've read like Steven Pinker, who talks about innate grammar and where languages come from, uh, and I recommend it or watch his talks on YouTube or whatever. And it's basically like, sure, a consortium that says the Queen's English is this and that, but like it doesn't matter because language evolves naturally and you get thousands of dialects and over time a dialect that is popular because of social norms, pressures, politics, whatever. That I mean, the only reason we're speaking English is because lots of British people colonized a lot of different parts of the world and English became the default. It, 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 history matters more than right. a bunch of guys around the table saying this word and that word. And so, But I think the, it's interesting in this, that we've got this tech Illuminati that is influencing mm -hmm. society in ways they don't know, right? Like, would this be completely different if they had been blue? You know what I mean? Will we right. not be fighting for all these variations, mm -hmm. which are, you know, adding 50 new emojis? It's going to get complex. Not that it shouldn't, but how would it be different if they were blue? So it's interesting that they're making these little decisions that seem like no big deal, but that are going to have these reverberating effects for a long, long time. Yes. Yep, agreed. exactly. Well, I'll make one more uh, point that I think uh, that was really fascinating to me that Jennifer made is that a consortium says the left arrow means left, right? That's just, it just means left. It's very simple. But when human people get a hold of these tools, they're saying, okay, person with a left arrow pointing to it means me. So now all of a sudden they're taking the raw materials that a consortium said, this is this and that is that, and they're combining them to make grammar that the consortium never intended, but humans as a culture are starting to make them make more complexity out of that. That's language happening right before our eyes. And it doesn't matter what the fuck the consortium does or says, we own language, societies and humans own right, language. Right, but, you know but I mean? they are still making decisions that affect how society then runs with it, for sure. Totally, totally, yeah, which yeah. is why it's important. It's just, that struck me so much because all other languages are naturally occurring and this language is, the, the building blocks of this language are handed down to us from on high Whereas all other languages, yes and have no, evolved right? Because you could also say that this has very much evolved out of tech, right? Because it started with a colon and a parentheses, <laughs> and then a semicolon <laughs> right. and parentheses, and so and then people decided to like move forward from that, and that sure. was born from the people. So and here's another thing: right? these look are at it. only used on technological devices, so only on phones and computers primarily, and like so far so far but like people mm. don't write these so i feel like with your voice and conveying normal language like you own your voice you need to be taught how to speak <laughs> some people aren't i suppose um but like if you don't have access uh, to no, technology but I would say language yeah. language is innate and and everyone knows how to speak and so i, I would make the argument that um, oh. ain't nobody using pen and paper anymore so like all of our language is transmitted either verbally or via electronic devices yeah right? i just guess I'm, i don't know maybe i'm just thinking about these big companies like being in control of it it's like you need a computer bought from them and a phone by them <laughs> to be able to speak right. the language oh, yeah. yeah sure um, that's very problematic ooh, and i think that's the fight yeah. that, that uh, jennifer's yeah. fighting <laughs> yeah for sure I yeah, well, it's also interesting how you were saying like the arrow and then the arrow becomes me. And I think having a non-diverse room of people deciding, they don't realize how certain things might be interpreted. Mm -hmm. So it's so fascinating, right? Which is why it's, it's happening. Stay tuned for the interracial emoji. I'm amazed this is happening in an office, like over coffee. Like it's it sounded like a scene out of like a 1980s movie, like the way that they were set up, like how few people were there, and it just it seems. 
I don't know, strange. <laughs> and so accessible. Like anybody can go. I know. We could just like show up. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, yo, I want to have in it. I don't know. Yeah. We want to hear what you think, what emojis should exist, uh, what you would like to see. So let us know. You can tweet at us. I'm at June Bugger. I'm at Ali Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. You can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. We might read your email on the air, or you can just let us know what you think, or you can call us and leave us a voicemail. We might play that voicemail on air, uh, and that phone number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6548. Finally, 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 if you would like to chat with us, uh, you can join our Discord server at discord.gg slash 2G1P. There's a really amazing community there of listeners of the show, as well as us, and we would love to talk to you there. You can also contribute to this podcast at patreon.com slash 2G1P. You can make a monthly contribution. It recurs. It's fantastic. (laughs) Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, everybody. We will not see you next week because we cannot see you. Bye. Bye. to new episodes of Two Girls, One Podcast one week early. What is this sorcery? Just download the free TuneIn app and fire up Two Two Girls, Girls, One Podcast to get fresh episodes one week before your loser friends. (laughs) Your friends are so lame for being one week behind. I know, right? Wait, what's the catch? There's no catch. TuneIn lets you listen to awesome podcasts. Like ours. One week before anywhere else. Absolutely free. Whoa, dude. The next episode of the show is probably already there. Yo, this is some freaky time traveling shit. I'm going to listen to next week's show so I can find out what we're going to say. Technology is weird. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe. Okay. Well, I, uh, yeah, okay. Need a random idiot to come over and do it for me.